Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Um, we want to take a moment, and I want to mention a few things, and then we're going to get into part three of our series. Uh, we always want to take a moment and pray for another church, and so today we're going to pray for Central Presbyterian Church. So will you bow your heads, and let's say a word of prayer. God, we thank you for uh, just the opportunity to worship you and give you praise in this room today, or maybe even watching online. And God, we thank you for Central Presbyterian Church, and we lift them up to you in this moment. We thank you for their leadership. We thank you for their congregation. Lord, I pray that you would be in their midst and that you would do what only you can do in their church, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Well, Grow Group begin this week, and so if you have not gotten signed up or joined a group, we would encourage you to do that today on the Church Center app. Just click on groups, and you'll see all of the options there, some great options for the summer months. It's a short six-week semester that's going to end the week of our serve day on July 15th, and so we'll all get to serve together, kind of end the semester that way, right there in the middle of the summer. Uh, so get signed up, and then uh, they kick off this week. So figure out when, uh, when yours is taking place, if it's Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever day of the week it is, whatever fits your schedule that you can fit in. And uh, we just want to be growing together this summer while we're here, and we encourage you to do that. I want to also encourage you to pray for our missions team. This Friday, uh, we fly to uh, Jamaica, and we're going to be in Christiana, Jamaica, which is right in the central part of Jamaica uh, right in the mountain area, and we're going to be at the New Vision Children's Home for, uh, we're going to be gone for eight days, and uh, we, would, we would love for you to pray for us while we are there, uh, the ministry we're going to be doing, VBS for the kids, work projects, uh, next Sunday, uh, you can pray for me next Sunday, I'll be preaching um, at a church, a local church there in Jamaica, which is always a fun experience. Uh, but I would cover your prayers for that as well. And we are, uh, we're just believing that God's going to do some significant things while we're there. Uh, that we're going to be able to connect with people. Every time we've gone on a trip like this, we always connect with people on a different level. And uh, that God's going to do what only he can do as we're just willing and able to go and be a part of what he's doing in that part of the world. So that's coming up this Friday. So pray for us as we're flying and traveling and being there, all of those things. And then the last thing I want to let you know of, uh, I tell you often that you're so generous as a church, and because of your generosity, we love when opportunity, uh, when we have an opportunity to do something uh, to, to benefit somebody else, and we were made aware of, there was a, a church through an organization called Hope is Strong, which we were able to give to with our year-end giving at the end of 2022 to the entire organization, uh, but there was a church that is in northern Tanzania, which is in Africa, that a few weeks ago collapsed because of weather, and so they had no place to meet. And uh, so we reached out to figure out what the cost was for that, and, and they're wanting to uh, upgrade the facility and make it a little bit better and a little more, you know, a, a, a better place for them to gather and worship than even what they had before. And so it's amazing uh, how far your giving can go, even in other parts of the world. But we were able, just this last week, to give $1,500 to rebuild an entire church in northern Tanzania. And that's because of your generosity. And we love what God's doing all over the world. How many of you know that the world is so much bigger than Paris, Texas? We love what God's doing here through us and through our church. But it's also so much bigger than that so much bigger than that and the opportunity that we have to even 
invest in people that we just have connection through to find out these details and be able to send resources and send things their way to be able to, to build the kingdom in that way is so significant. And that's only possible because of how generous you are and just consistently giving. Um, we say it this way, you don't give to the church, you're giving through the church. We're able to do so much because of your generosity, and so we want to say thank you. Uh, so we're in a series that we've called For Your Good, For Your Good. And it's all about the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the Holy Spirit for several weeks. And uh, our theme verse for this series has been this. It's John 16 and verse 7. It says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And we know this. We've talked about this the last couple of weeks, that Jesus is speaking to his disciples and having this conversation before he goes to the cross and he's telling them, it's better for you that I go away. It's to your advantage. It's for your good that I go away so that the Holy Spirit can come. Well, if Jesus said that it's better for him to go back to heaven so that the Holy Spirit could come, wouldn't it be important to understand who the Holy Spirit is and what he does in our lives because he's here uh, to help us. He's, he's the one that Jesus sent to us. And so we're talking about that, how he helps us and walking with him. And here in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and things like that. We've already talked about how uh, he gives us power, uh, and we're asking this question really to just kind of get us thinking that if you're not afraid of the Father, and you're not afraid of the Son, then why in the world should you be afraid of the Holy Spirit? If it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and they're three in one, which is so hard for us to wrap our minds around, our human brains around, how there's one God, but distinct in three persons, and they are all co-equal and co-existent, and they have their unique roles but if we're not afraid of the Father or the Son, then we shouldn't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. And I'm encouraging you again, as I probably will say this every single week, to let your guard down. And whatever you have experienced, whatever you have seen, whatever you have thought, whatever you heard somebody else tell you about the Holy Spirit, that we would just let those things go and that we would allow God's Word to, to open us up and, and share with us who the Holy Spirit is and what He does in our lives. So we talked about, uh, week one was meet the Holy Spirit. We talked about how He is a person. If you don't believe he's a person, then you won't develop a personal relationship with him. And he wants a personal relationship with you. We said that he's a promise. The Old Testament, Old Testament promised him. Our Heavenly Father promised him. Jesus spoke about him. He's here now. He gives us power, right? You don't drive a vehicle without power steering. And we shouldn't live our lives without the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we're straining and striving. And, and really, God wants to give us the power through the Holy Spirit to live this Christian life out and to be a witness for him. And then last week we talked about walking by the Spirit. We said that believers are free, not just free to do whatever we want, but free to live for God. And Paul said we shouldn't use our freedom as an excuse to indulge the flesh, but we should use our freedom as, as a way to express our love to God and to live our lives for him and to follow him. We said there's a conflict that the flesh and the Spirit are in conflict and we need to kill the flesh and then the last thing we talked about last week was give the Holy Spirit control, which is so crazy that we were making that joke during the worship run-through before the service began, how we need to just give the Holy Spirit control. The solution to the conflict within us is to give the Holy Spirit control. And so we're going to begin in John chapter 14, and I just want to start with two verses, and then we're going to be in a few other places of Scripture as we go through the message. But I want to start in John 14, and I want to read verses 16 and 17, and this is what it says. And I will ask the Father, this is Jesus saying this, Jesus is speaking. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. 
The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Come on, aren't you thankful that the Holy Spirit lives in you? The Holy Spirit doesn't just come on you. The Holy Spirit actually lives inside of you. I love how the Amplified translates these verses. Same verses, just in the Amplified Bible. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby to be with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. Now, the Greek word here that we translate as advocate or in the Amplified that's translated as helper is the word parakletos, and it means a couple of different, trans, uh, couple of different uh, definitions. It's called to one's aid or one called alongside to help. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is called alongside you to help you? This is what he does. When Jesus says, I'm going to send you the helper. I'm going to send you the advocate. What he's saying is, I'm sending you someone who is called alongside you to help you. And so for part three of our series, I want to talk to you on this title. Help, please. Help, please. In fact, why don't you look at the person sitting next to you and just tell them, say, help, please. Help, please. You ever, anybody ever needed some help? You ever called on somebody for some help? You needed help. We need help for a lot of things in our lives, right? Um, you know, in school, you would raise your hand and you would say, help, please, right? You know, it's like, I don't understand what's going on right now. I don't know how to do this problem. And, and you know, like, I need some help in this moment. Uh, your kids, if you have kids, they come running through the house a lot of times saying, help, please. <laughs> you know, my brother is chasing me. My sister is hitting me. You know, like, I need some help. Can you fix the situation? Can you solve this problem for me? Right? You don't completely understand something at work. And, and if you're a woman, you probably pick up the phone and you say, help, please. If you're a man, you probably just make something up and pretend like you know what you're doing. Come on. I know it's not Father's Day, but can we, you know, have a little fun? Right? But hopefully, if you don't understand something, you pick up the phone, you call, and, or you, you know, invite somebody in and say, hey, I need some help in this situation. Right? Your marriage is struggling, so you call a friend and, and you say, help, please. I need some help. I'm, I'm reminded of a story about a man who was uh, in an emergency, emergency situation. And this is all under, I don't even think I gave you the point. But the point is, uh, the point for number one is that he's our helper. He's our helper. One of the things you need to understand about the Holy Spirit is that he is here to help you. He lives in you to help you. Uh, I was reminded there was this story about a man who was in an emergency situation. It was actually a preacher the story goes like this, maybe you've heard this, a storm descends on a small town and the downpour soon turns into a flood. As the waters rise, the local preacher kneels in prayer on the church porch surrounded by water. By and by, one of the town folk comes up the street in a canoe. Better get in, preacher. The waters are rising fast. No, says the preacher, I have faith in the Lord. He will save me. Still the waters rise. Now the preacher is up on the balcony wringing his hands in supplication when another guy zips up in a motorboat. Come on, preacher. We need to get you out of here. The levee's going to break any minute. Once again, the preacher is unmoved. I shall remain, he said. The Lord will see me through. And after a while, the levee breaks and the flood rushes over the church until the steeple remains above water. Only the steeple remains above water. The preacher is up there clinging to the cross. 
when a helicopter descends out of the clouds and a state trooper calls down to him through a megaphone, grab the ladder, preacher! This is your last chance. Once again, the preacher insists the Lord will deliver him. And predictably, he drowns. The preacher goes to heaven. After a while, he gets an interview with God. And he asks the Almighty, Lord, I had unwavering faith in you. Why didn't you deliver me from that flood? God shakes his head. What do you want from me? I sent you two boats and a helicopter. Now, every time I read that story, it makes me chuckle a little bit because this is how we live our lives a lot of times. We're praying for God to do something and God to send help. But when help doesn't come in the way that we think it would come, we neglect the help. And I was thinking about the Holy Spirit and how he is our helper and he was sent to help us. And many of us are struggling through life, begging God for help and maybe trying, maybe today he's trying to remind you I sent the Holy Spirit. He is your helper. He is God in you to help you. He lives in you to help you. The Holy Spirit is referred to by Jesus himself as the helper. The name that Jesus used to let us know, I'm going to be sending someone. And here's what he's called. The helper. The spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit. He's here to help us and isn't it interesting as I was preparing this I thought isn't it interesting how in our lives a lot of times we neglect the person who was sent to help us and we find ourselves in situations where we are in desperate need of help and we're crying out to God and maybe God today and I'm not saying that this story that I read is theologically correct that God is shaking his head at you and that he is saying I sent you the Holy Spirit I don't think that's how God operates but I do think there are moments where we are asking the Lord for things and we're crying out to God for things and his response may simply be to you and to me, I sent you the Holy Spirit. Lean into him. Allow him to work in you. Maybe the reason you're calling out for help is because you haven't been allowing him to do what he wants to do in you. And what he's trying to do in you is for your good. It's to help you. So he's our helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Here's, here's point number two. He satisfies our thirst. He satisfies our thirst. Now I want you to look at a few, a few places of Scripture under this point, but I want to start in John chapter 7, in verse 37. It says, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds. In other words, Jesus stands up and shouts to everyone. Everybody's there for the festival, and Jesus is like, Hey! Listen, I've got something to tell you. I've got something to share with you. He says, anyone who is thirsty. Now, I want you to imagine this. Jesus is shouting this, okay? Lots of people around. And here's Jesus standing up, and he says, hey! Now you're awake. Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. To which everybody in the crowd might be looking around like, Who is this guy who is yelling out this? How many of you think that if Jesus is shouting something, might be important? He says, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And look at verse 39. When he said living water, he was speaking of 
the Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. In other words, Jesus had not gone back to heaven. It's leading up to this conversation where Jesus had with the disciples that it's better for you that I go away so that he can come. I need to go to my place so that the Holy Spirit can be sent to you. And we know a couple of things from these three verses. The first one, these may seem very simple, but Jesus' statement, he's talking to people who are thirsty. He's talking to people who are thirsty. And many of us, you ever been doing something, you got real thirsty? You ever been, we were helping, we were helping somebody move yesterday, and we got real thirsty. I mean, it was like 7.50 in the morning, and it is so humid that you walk, like you step out of your vehicle and start sweating, you know, like that early in the morning, and you just get real thirsty. So Jesus is talking to people who are thirsty, and the living water that Jesus is speaking about is the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to talk about the word thirst for just a moment, and then talk about the living water that satisfies our thirst, because um, when, when someone is thirsty for something to drink, they look for something to satisfy that thirst. You ever been so desperate for something to drink that it didn't matter what it was, it didn't, like, I mean, you were even willing, you were even willing to drink out of a water bottle that somebody else had already drank out of because there was nothing else available. And you're just desperate for anything to drink. Reminds me of serve day. We'll have plenty of water for you on serve day. You won't have to drink out of somebody else's water bottle. Um, thirst in the Bible represents strong spiritual desire. So when Jesus is talking about somebody being thirsty, he's talking to people who are looking for something to quench their thirst inside them. Inside them. You ever, you ever known somebody, or maybe you were somebody, that you were trying to quench your thirst spiritually with everything around you? Jesus is speaking about people who are thirsty in this strong spiritual desire. And just like we search for things to satisfy our physical thirst, we also search for things to satisfy our spiritual thirst. And some of you have a testimony of a long period of your life or a season of your life where you were searching out other things to try to satisfy a spiritual thirst inside of you. Here's how the psalmist put it. This is Psalm 42. He says it this way, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. Where can I go and stand before him? The psalmist is saying, I'm, I am desperate. I am so thirsty for the things of God. I need God to satisfy this thirst. Here's Psalm 63, verse 1. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. And the, the psalmist in the Old Testament, he's describing a thirst that he has for God. It's this strong spiritual desire for the things of God. It's something inside of you. You've ever heard, if you've ever heard somebody explain it this way, just kind of in a cliche way, they'll say like you have a God, there was even a, a Christian song like back in the day, that there's a God-shaped hole in all of us. Anybody remember that song? Is anybody that old in here that you remember that song? I remember that song. I can't remember how old I was when that song came out, but um, it's always interesting to me because I, I forget sometimes um, I'm not old, but I forget kind of how old I'm, like, where I'm heading, you know? And some of these things that I mention, I'm like, there's probably a lot of people that don't even know what that is. But there's a song that said there's a God-shaped hole in all of us. Like, there's, a, there's something in you that, that wants God. 
There's something inside every person. You were created. You were created to know God and for him to live inside of you. And when that's not the case, we go searching for, we, it's like there's got to be something. Something's missing. Something's missing. Maybe it's this relationship, so we go to this relationship. Maybe it's, maybe it's this addiction, so we go to that. Because, like something's missing, and I can't figure out what it is, and so I'm going to all of these things in the world to try to satisfy it. Now, I want to look at another story that you're probably familiar with where Jesus encounters a lady. Uh, it's a Samaritan woman. And he mentions this same thing again. He mentions living water again. And this is how the story goes, John 4. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. So Jesus is at the well. If you remember leading up to this, he's been walking with his disciples. His disciples go into town to get food. Jesus sits down by the well, and this woman shows up in the middle of the day. And Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. You ever been in a season of your life where you were trying to fill that thirst and try to satisfy that thirst, but you were thirsty again? When that high wore off, you were just thirsty again. When that relationship ended, you were just thirsty again. When whatever you were Walking in in your life, trying to satisfy this thirst inside of you, when it, whenever it wore off and you thought that was going to satisfy you, you just discovered, I'm still thirsty. That didn't solve any of my problems. But those who, look at verse 14, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Now, this story always intrigues me. Because Jesus knew this woman had been thirsting after things in her life. And Jesus, if you, if you read this entire story, Jesus reads this woman's mail. Have you ever read this story? Jesus, Jesus reads her mail. Says, well, are, where's your husband? Go get your husband. Well, I don't have one. Jesus says, well, yeah, you've been married several times, and the person that you're living with right now is not even your husband. So you've been through relationship after relationship after relationship. Is this too real? Are y'all uncomfortable yet? You've been through relationship after relationship after relationship after relationship after relationship. Now you're not even married. You're just living together. And you're hoping that that, maybe you've been hurt so bad in your past that you're hoping that maybe this will just satisfy it. And sometimes even, and I don't know, we don't get insight into this woman's mind, but at the same time, I'm thinking maybe, could it be, that she was afraid of being alone. And no matter how bad it hurt along the way, and no matter how much she tried to, in this relationship, quench that thirst, and then in this relationship, quench that thirst, and then in this relationship, quench that thirst, Jesus says, yeah, I know, you've, you've been married several times. And now... The guy you're living with now, you're not even married to. And I don't think that Jesus 
as we, as we look at Jesus' character, Jesus is not saying this to her in a condemning way. You know what Jesus is trying to get across to her? You can't be satisfied in the things that you've been trying to use to satisfy. You're thirsty for something else, and you just don't know what it is yet. And I'm standing here right in front of you. And if you drink, and he even uses this physical water. He says, if you drink this water again, he's making a point. If you drink this water again, you'll be thirsty in an hour. You'll be thirsty this evening. Because this is just a physical thing. But he says, if you only knew who you were talking to right now, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. Can I submit to you today, can I ask you the question, or make this statement? Maybe for some of us in the room that are really struggling in this area, and, and, and you're trying to satisfy something inside of you that can only be satisfied with God, it can only be satisfied with the Holy Spirit. Here's what I think, I, here's what I think the Lord's invitation for you is today. He says, if you only knew. If you only knew who you're in relationship with. If you only knew who you could really surrender to and drink of, like you would ask me. You would ask me for what I have. And you wouldn't be so concerned about this water. You wouldn't be so concerned about filling that void in your life with everything else around you. But if you, if you understood who I am, you would ask me, and I would give you water that never runs out. In fact, it would bubble up inside of you. It would always satisfy you. The Holy Spirit is the one who satisfies our thirst. And maybe you've been trying to satisfy a thirst with everything you can think of. But here's the truth. The only thing or the only person designed to satisfy your thirst is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, it's better that I go back to heaven so that I can send the Holy Spirit because he's not going to just be with you. He's going to live in you. And he's the one who satisfies what you've been longing for. Listen, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus and you're like, you're just not sure, maybe you've been at church and you've gone to church and you've not gone to church and you've been here and you've been there and you've kind of done the Jesus thing. You're like, ah, I don't know. Like if you would, here's what I think Jesus is saying. If you'll, it, like if you'll surrender, if you'll do what we did last, said about last week, talked about last week and give control to the Holy Spirit and allow him to do what he wants to do in you, he's living water. He's living water. And here's what we know. You're going to experience difficult things in life. We all do. Everybody does. Don't you want the living water that always satisfies and will always see you through? That bubbles up on the inside of you, becomes a, a spring of water that's flowing out of you because it always satisfies and quenches your thirst. The Holy Spirit satisfies our thirst. So we know He's our helper. And we know that He satisfies our thirst here's here's number three he reveals truth to us he reveals truth to us look at first corinthians chapter 2 verses 10 through 12 it says but it was to us that god revealed these things by his spirit for his spirit searches out everything and shows us god's deep secrets if you remember if you were here when doug reed was here uh, back in april he mentioned briefly mentioned this verse that that the holy spirit shows us the deep secrets of god 
This is the verse that he was referencing. For the Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. The way that Doug said it, and it stuck with me ever since he said it, is what, what the Holy Spirit is trying to do is connect our thoughts with God's thoughts. Because it says nobody can know the thoughts of God except the Spirit. So if you're not allowing the Spirit to do a work in you, how can you know what God's thinking? How can you know what God's doing? You can't know the thoughts of God unless the Spirit reveals the thoughts of God to you. And puts God's thoughts in your brain. So that you know this is what I should do. That's what I should do. There's where I should go. I need, to go, I need to go talk to that person. This is what God's doing in this moment, and I can sense it, and I can feel it. It's like I, the Spirit is revealing these things to me. I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal all these wonderful things that God has freely given us, and as you read the Word of God, and we talked about this last week, the Holy Spirit reveals things to you. He'll help you understand truths from Scripture. I would even challenge you to do this. Hopefully, you're reading your Bible. If you're not, that'd be a great place to start. But before you read, when you open it up, just say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Lead me into all truth today. You ever been reading the Word of God and something just jumped off the page at you? It was like, maybe you've read it before, but when you read it this time, it was like, whew, I've never read it in that way. Can I tell you, that's the Holy Spirit leading you into truth, revealing truth to you. That something from God's word would jump off the page and you would be like, man, I know God's speaking that to me right now. He's saying that to me right now. As you pray, we talked about this last week as well. As you pray, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to your heart about who you are in Christ and the things that can only be understood and revealed by him. And Jesus said this, this is John 16, 12 through 15. He says, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. But when the spirit of truth comes, what is he going to do? He's going to guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Listen, it's the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. Maybe every single day we need to wake up and say, Lord, lead me into all truth today. As I open up your word right now, reveal things to me. Show me your truth in your word. What is it that you want me to get today? What is it that you want me to see today? What is it that you want me to apply today? As I take time and I pray and I'm taking a few minutes and I'm just conversating with God. And maybe even saying, you know, sometimes our prayer, I don't know if you've ever had this prayer before, but sometimes our prayer is the title of the message please help. I've got a meeting today. I've got something going on in my life today. I've got a doctor's appointment today. I've got a surgery today. I don't know what's going on in my family life right now. And our prayer is, Lord, please help. Please help. Holy Spirit, as I'm praying, help me to know your will. Help me to see what you're doing. Help me to give me the faith to believe again. I love what Jamie shared before that last song that we sang called Do It Again. That even when we walk through difficult things, if we'll stop and we'll invite the Holy Spirit in, 
many of us, man, we don't realize we're doing it a lot of times that we're stiff-arming the Holy Spirit out of our lives because we won't stop and take just a moment to say, before I, before I make this decision, Holy Spirit, what, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? I'm walking through something real difficult right now. What, like, reveal, reveal your truth to me. Help me to know your will. As I open up your word, help me to see what you want me to see. He leads us into all truth. The Holy Spirit reveals truth to us. And then here's point number four. I like this one a lot. He never leaves us. He never leaves us. I want to go back to our main verses for today. It was John 14, verses 16 and 17. Look at it again. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the one. And you've got to understand the context. Jesus is about to leave. So he has come, selected these guys, been followed around by several people, been, you know, like, goes to the cross, dies, is resurrected, for the next 40 days, appears to all these people, has conversations, talks to them about the kingdom of God. And this is what he says before all that. that like, they know he's talking to them about how he's got to leave. And he says, but here's the thing. I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to give you another advocate or another helper who will never leave you. He will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because he, it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit is never, ever, ever going to leave us. Never going to leave us. That means that right now, no matter what you have going on in your life, the Holy Spirit is with you. If you're a believer in Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with you even right now. Even anybody ever felt alone? Worship team, you can go ahead and come back and, and help me. Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever, you ever been laying in bed and you just felt alone? You were, you were asking God for something and you weren't seeing it come to pass and you just felt like you were alone? Somebody that you loved passed away or somebody that you were close to and in that moment, you just felt like you were, you were all alone? I, I just feel like I came to tell somebody today who maybe is even feeling alone right now if you're a believer in Jesus, the word of God tells us that you've received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's living on the inside of you. And you are never, he never leaves you. He never leaves you. And sometimes the realization of that or activating that in your life is simply, please help. I feel alone. I'm walking through something right now. Please help. I know that you're here. I know that I'm not alone. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves because the enemy will try to convince you that you're alone. Ooh, and he's better at it sometimes than we like to give him credit for. Sometimes he will convince us that we're alone and we have to remind ourselves, be reminded, no, I have the Spirit of God living inside of me, and He will never leave me and never forsake me. I'm never alone.
I'm never alone. The Holy Spirit is always with us. In good situations, he's there. In bad situations, he's there. Through mental struggles, he's there. Everywhere I go, he's there. And I love what the psalmist wrote. This is Psalm 139. I love Psalm 139. So much good stuff in Psalm 139. But look at verse 7, starting in verse 7. He says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. This is somebody with a revelation of, of that they're never alone. They know what God has, has given them. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. We stand to your feet. I was thinking about, I just really felt like as I was preparing this message, and I know we've talked about a few things, and really the overall theme is how, is, how does the Holy Spirit help us? We know that He's our helper. He helps us because He quenches the thirst that's inside of us whenever we, whenever we surrender to Him. We give Him control. He helps us by reminding us that He's, he's always with us, that He never, ever, ever, ever leaves us. And I was thinking, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned earlier we were helping some people move yesterday from one house to another. And if you think about when you receive help, if you, anybody ever received help for something? You know, you had something going on and you received some help. But here's the interesting thing about when we receive help from the people around us. Is, is people are there to help you in that moment, and then they what? They leave. I mean, it was like yesterday. We were there, and we were helping get things moved, but once everything was moved, we left. And they're still there. And this is, this is the, the problem with us leaning into uh, things in our lives or people in our lives to try to satisfy this deep longing within us. It's because somebody might be able to help you for a season or for a time, but how many of you have ever had somebody who helped, but they left? At one point, they were helping, and then they were gone. It's because we're human. We're human. When you receive, you know, I was thinking about those ladies that maybe you've, you remember the time when you had a baby? Especially if it was your first kid. I remember we had our first kid. You needed some help. Come on, somebody. I mean, it was like, whoo, what did we do? And maybe you had your mother, or you had your mother-in-law, or you had a friend or something that came over and they stayed for a little bit. You know, you have that person that maybe came over for a few days or stayed for a week. Or, but there came a point when they left. And now you were left there. And you had help for a season, but now the help is gone. The Holy Spirit is your helper who will never leave you why would we not lean in why would we not allow him to do what he wants to do in our lives knowing that man if i go up to heaven he's there if i go down to the grave he's there if i try to place myself in darkness even the darkness i like 
I cannot hide from him. Like he's always there. No matter, listen to me, no matter what you are feeling and no matter what you're walking through right now, you have the Spirit of God who is your helper. It's what Jesus called him. I'm going to send you another helper who will never leave you. Never leave you. And so maybe today your prayer is simply, please help. Please help. I have not been allowing you to help. I have not been allowing you to do what you want to do. I have not given you control. I've still been in control. And today, Lord, my prayer is, will you just please help? Will you please help? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. I want to pray for you, but before that, I was, as I was preparing this message and, and taking time on it even this last week, I really felt in my spirit that there were people that you've, you've leaned into the Holy Spirit, but you even felt like, you even felt like God left you when things got hard. And I just felt like, and I don't know where this lands with you, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you today, and you've heard Amanda's even shared this in difficult things that we've walked through in our life where there was a person or there was you know just the Holy Spirit prompting inside of us it's like no I was there I was there and if God's word says that the Holy Spirit is in you and will never leave you as we talked about a couple of weeks ago God keeps his promises God keeps his promises and if he said that he's going to send the Holy Spirit to be in you and he will never leave you, that means no matter where you go and no matter what you face and no matter how far you've gone, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what emotions are going on inside of you, no matter what your family life is like, no matter, like he's there because he never leaves you. He never leaves you. So I want to invite our prayer team to come down and I want to pray over you. And I specifically want to pray over people who have felt like they've been alone. And maybe it's been a struggle for you here lately. You've felt like you've been alone. You've felt lonely. And you've maybe you've even been trying to lean into other things because it's like, man, I, like there's a thirst inside of you and you're trying to satisfy it with things of the world or with relationships or with what you fill in the blank. And today God is, he's like, I, I feel like God is drawing you back to himself. Just like this conversation where Jesus said, you can ask me and I'll give you living water. You'll never be thirsty again. It will satisfy the thirst within you. So Lord, right now, we thank you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who was sent not just to be with us, but to live in us. The Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth and who is here to help us and who never, ever leaves us, who is always with us. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you. We give you permission. We give you control. And we say, do what you need to do in our lives. Do what only you can do in our lives. Remind us today that we're not alone. Remind us today that you are our helper. Remind us today that you are the one who satisfies that thirst within us. Remind us today that you're not going anywhere. 
you never leave. And you're here even right now, no matter what we're walking through. And Lord, I pray as we sing this last song that if there's anybody here in this room who needs prayer for anything in their life, no matter what it is, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw them for prayer in Jesus' name.